Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you can get podcasts. At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. Wait, every time you wake up is the same day? That's terrible. Yeah, don't worry. I call Progressive. Their 24-7 protection still works, even if my day does last forever. Yeah, but don't you want it to end? Are you kidding? I win the lottery whenever I want and never regret anything. It's the best. Yeah, that's a good point. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. This is Stacking the Box with NFL insider Matt Berteram and Mark Carmen. It's the Sunday night edition of Week 4. Matt Berteram, we are here to look at the Dallas Cowboys to start the show who got just smoked by the Cleveland Browns, 49-38. I, I find it very entertaining and humorous, uh, some of the narrative coming out of Dallas, including uh, mainly, I guess, from Demarcus Lawrence, who's just – he said, I'll call, I'll call this uh, effing soft. I don't feel like we're holding ourselves accountable. And then he uh, goes – Further, it's saying uh, that they need to grow up and play like real men out there and not like kids. Verderamp, don't be a kid today on this podcast, will you? We'll see what happens. Thoughts on the Cowboys and their uh, utter debacle losing at home to Cleveland? Yeah, they, they sucked. Um, <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's that obvious and it's that, that succinct, right? I mean, they, they give up 49 points and Mayfield – I'm doing this from memory. I think through for 155, maybe 165 yards. That's impossible. That's impossible. They gave up 307 rushing yards in the game. Look, I don't care. I know Cleveland's got a lot of weapons. 49 points and essentially, you know, almost 500. I believe it actually was over 500 yards. It's Landry at touchdown pass, too. Dallas's offense is is very good, although they only scored 14 points until they were down by a million in the fourth quarter, and then they made a game of it. There's there's too much nonsense with the Cowboys. They're terrible situationally. They're not good on third down early on the games until the game's out of hand and the teams are backing off. They're terrible on special teams. Defensively, they can't get out of their own way. I mean, they weren't even putting up resistance. Cleveland is just going up and down the field without any problem at all. So... Look, the good news for the Cowboys, they play in the NFC East. The bad news, uh, they might have the worst defense uh, in football, and the offense can only overcome so much of that. So the last time they were 1-3 and three to start the year, you, gotta, you go back to 2010. The 307 yards on the ground that you mentioned, that's the most the Browns have had running the football in 11 years. 31 points in the first half, the most they've had since. That would be 1991, the year the Chicago Bulls won their first NBA championship. I figured I'd bring that in there tonight just for my own uh, sanity. I, I, I'm interested in what you think about Cleveland because, uh, you know, the Browns actually might be a thing here. People are getting hyped on the Browns. I, I'm maybe sure you beat Dallas and they can't stop anybody, but I, if I'm a Cleveland fan today, I'm thinking, yes, sir, I'm three and one, baby. Yeah. I mean, look, they've beaten Cincinnati, Washington, and Dallas. Now, Dallas is three and one or one and just three. Ruined but, but, just ruined it, Burger. But Dallas is no, but what I'm gonna say though is Dallas is talent. The Bengals and the and Washington, they they stink. Um I think if you're a Browns fan, you better be excited. You're three and one and you're a Browns fan. How often does that happen? And the offense looks good. Stefanski's done a nice job. Now the, the concern here is twofold. 
the defense has not been good. Okay. The Bengals moved the ball on them. The football team moved the ball on them. Dallas moved the ball up and down the field on them. Baltimore scored 38 points. Like the defense is awful. And Mayfield has not been good. Okay. Even today, I mean, 165 yards, who cares? That's not that's not over overly uh, you know domineering by any stretch of the imagination. But you got to feel if you're Cleveland as though you're making some strides. Three and one's three and one. You're running the heck out of the ball. Stefanski's done a nice job. Very good offensive line. It's a stark contrast to last year. Okay, Denzel Ward, in my opinion, is a top three corner in the NFL. Absolute worst top five. So they got some real players in this team. I think they're going to be in contention for a playoff spot. I'm not knocking Cleveland. I'm just giving an honest assessment. I don't think they're going to win 11 or 12 games, but I think they might win nine games or so and be right in that mix or wild card spot. So the Cowboys, by the way, have given up 146 points as we just wrap up here with uh, the Dallas angle. 146 points in the first four games is the most in franchise history. Some are saying that, you know, we've got a new defensive coordinator. They haven't really figured out Mike Nolan's scheme. It needs to be simplified. Too many play calls going out there. Uh, do you think it's the talent or do you think it's the scheme? I think it's a combination, like it typically is with these kind of things, but their talent is not at a great level right now. They have some good pass rushers. Alden Smith came into the week leading the league, which is incredible. That is one of the more amazing stories in the NFL this year. Demarcus Lawrence is there. Um, they're cool. Aw, you didn't have to go so all out for my birthday. Yes, we did, because birthdays are about showing your friends how much you care for them and how grateful you are for their... This is Jamie from Progressive. No, this is a great time. Progressive protects you 24-7. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry that happened. <clears throat> Jamie. Can you hold on one second? Uh, I gotta take this call. But remember, birthdays are about togetherness. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms. Corners can't cover. Can't cover anybody. Secondary is an abject disaster. They just absolutely cannot stop anyone from throwing the football if they don't get immediate pressure. And they have injuries. Van Der Esch being out really hurts. Uh, McCoy out for the year hurts. Sean Lee's always out, but he hurts. Good player. So that's part of it. Now, Nolan's scheme, yeah. Look, there was a touchdown earlier, and it was highlighted actually on Sunday Night in America, or Football Night in America on Sunday Night Football, uh, where you know Beckham had an inside release against Daryl Worley on the goal line, and there was no help, and Worley's playing outside technique. Like a college player could have scored that touchdown. That's insane. Either Worley played the technique wrong, or that's one of the worst calls I've ever seen by a coordinator. So it's a combination. But if you're Davos, look, it's concerning. I don't, I don't care what scheme you're playing. I mean, they're, they're giving up 36 and a half points a game. Like, I, there's no scheme in the league that calls for that. So at some point, it is on the players. I, I mean, I think they should put the NFC East into the Hudson River is my overall takeaway here uh, is what's going on with Dallas. And you look around because Cowboys are fine. They're one and three. So, you know, you're half game back of the first place. One, two and one Philadelphia Eagles were recording on Sunday night as the Eagles just somehow survived San Francisco on the road. That's your first place team. And by the way, the Eagles have been outscored by 23 points. The Redskins are one and three. They've been outscored by 33 points. And the Giants are 0 and four. Still well alive, though, by the way. Uh, yeah. You know, been outscored by 49 points. So I, I don't know what to make of the NFCs other than the fact that it just it straight blows. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, Philly or, or Dallas is going to win the division. Washington's terrible. And the Giants, I, look, we all talk about the Jets. That stadium. I mean, you want to talk about it, you know, a, a sad, sad place to be. Holy hell, do those teams stink. So the Giants and, and, and Washington are going nowhere. 
I got to tell you, and I don't think this is an overreaction. If Dallas or Philadelphia gets to seven wins away in that division, because you look at in this division now, they you know they only really will have to play each other in games that they'll be favored in. They play the NFC West and the AFC North. They're just losing those games. I, other than other than Cincinnati, who's the easy mark out of that group? Have fun. Like they're they're not as good as any of those teams. So it's going to be an uphill uh, battle for Dallas, for Philly, for everybody in that division. All right, let's move over to the NFC North and specifically the Chicago Bears, who were a three-point underdog to Indianapolis at home today. And that line screamed bet Indy to me because when you're 3-0 and and you're at home and you're playing the Colts, who are not exactly, you know, uh, I don't know, the world champion 49ers, but, uh, this, this is a, a winnable game, you would think. But the Colts came into Soldier Field and kicked the living crap out of the Bears. 19-11 was the final. It was actually not that close. Nick Foles looked awful. And now you've got a couple Bears fans. I'm saying a couple because it can't be. It's not the whole city. But they want Mitchell Trubisky back, which, by the way, is insane. Dude, you're not bringing Mitchell Trubisky back. You stick with Nick Foles. This is the best defense the Bears might play all season long. But I'm not exactly sure where you are now if you're Chicago because there's a lot of excitement, and now you play the Colts, and you're, and that offense was absolutely just horrendous today. Carm, I got to tell you. Yeah, go ahead. I watched, I watched a lot of that game. The Bears have nobody who can play quarterback. <laughs> nobody. I don't I don't care that Foles it was his first start. I mean, who cares? The man has been in the league for like a decade. Trubisky, I've seen people already, well, you know, they were 3-0 when he started. Yeah, not because of him. Like, he's not the answer. Bringing back Mitchell Trubisky is not solving any problems. They play on Thursday night against Tampa. I'm sure we will see falls again. You have left Trubisky in the dust. You cannot go back to him because of one game where Foles basically looked like Trubisky. So I think realistically speaking, Foles is at minimum getting the next couple of games here. And then if he really continues to be an atrocity, then maybe you'd consider something. But man... All I could think of watching that game as the Bears, for all intents and purposes, scored three points was, my God, they could have got Cam Newton. They could have got Andy Dalton. They could have got Jameis Winston. Nope, none of them. Let's go trade a pick. We wouldn't have to trade for any of the other three guys. For Nick Foles. And oh, by the way, look, while Foles stunk, and he's a huge part of the problem, like 16 carries for 28 yards the entire game. Can't run for a foot. Can't generate anything on first down. Allen Robinson's the only guy who can catch a pass on this team. Darnell Mooney was second on this. I'm not exaggerating. I take pride knowing everybody. In the league. I don't even know the hell Darnell Mooney is. Oh, he's a fifth round pick rookie. So you're not the only one that doesn't know who Darnell I Mooney mean, is. It's just brutal. Like, and, and Nagy, who I like, I've defended Nagy forever. Figure it out, man. Do something. I mean, I know that you're limited at QB. I get that. You, you got to do something. Whether whether it's gadget plays, whether it's just saying the hell with it, we're going to run 40 times. I mean, whatever it is. Because what they're doing is just it, a complete waste of time. I know they're 3-1, and one, but it's a soft as hell 3-1. and one. Well, and again, the, the Colts, they, they do have a good run defense. But the Bears, and the, let's break it down a little further. They gained 17 yards in the first half on the ground on 11 carries. 
That is 1.5 yards per carry. So when you're trying to establish the run and try to establish anything to make it a little bit easier on Nick Foles, you didn't do it. And you, and again, it's Nick Foles. He needs a little bit of a, of of an assistance here. So it's a problem and it's been a problem. I, I don't, I don't know how you get out of it if you're actually facing a good defense, which is why the bears are a bottom of the NFC playoff team who are going to be, it'll be a miracle if they do anything in the playoffs. I still think they're a playoff team with, you know, seven teams making the playoffs, but uh, they were definitely exposed today is is how I saw it. Uh, You want to move on to Tampa? Let's move on to Tampa. Justin Herbert uh, was impressive today uh, for the chargers and Tom Brady was uh, Tom Brady was five touchdown passes for the bucks. They uh, Sandy, uh, Sandy, Los Angeles though, you, 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 really had control of this football game and then you didn't take a knee at the end of the first half and yep. handed the Bucks a touchdown and that changed the whole complexion of the football game. Could not understand it. I watched that game in the early window and that game's 24-7. The Chargers get the ball back late, suck up misses a field goal for Tampa and they're backed up inside their own 10-yard line and there was something like 30 seconds left. There's Under no time. Under a minute. Yeah, I mean, they, they had no time. There was no reasonable expectation they were going to be able to score there. And they ran the ball, so they obviously knew they weren't going to score. And they they screw up the handoff, whether you want to blame it on Kelly, the running back, or Herbert, whatever. Herb, so the was, handoff was high. Kelly could handle it. He didn't. Ball gets dropped. Bucks fall on it. Score a touchdown on third down there to Evans. And all of a sudden, the game just completely flips. I mean, from there on out, it's 31-7 to the rest of the way. Um so two uh, trains of thought here. One was Herbert played very well. Had a pick late, but man, he stands in under pressure. He can deliver the ball. Nice deep ball. I was wrong. I really, watching Herbert, he didn't really impress me all that much. He impressed me at the senior ball, and I got to see him up close and talk to him. I, he was very impressive there. But watching his tape at Oregon, I kind of felt like, yeah, I see why he's going high. He's got the billows, he's got the makeup, but I, I don't love the, the talent. He's really impressed me. He's been excellent. The flip side of this is they are now one in three, and they have blown games that are just, frankly, things they've done all, all over the years. I, you know, they, they lose to the Chiefs in a game that they had totally under control. I know they're the Chiefs. I get it. But they were had them, had them beat, and they let them back into the game. They, they had the Bucks beat. They let them back into the game. They lost to a Panthers team that at the time had lost 10 games in a row. Um, it, it just... It feels like the Chargers are talented and and because of Herbert moving in the right direction, but also like kind of stuck in neutral because they just keep blowing games. Um, But ultimately, I do think you have to say, look, if Herbert's as good as he looks, then they they have a bright future. There was one interesting stat. I was watching that game early in the the first window, too. They said that uh, Herbert, when they blitzed him in college, he was unbelievable. I mean, so... That and he picked up some huge throws when the blitz was on today. So I, I think the Chargers. I'm with you that they've they've got themselves a quarterback. Uh, as for the Bucks, they've done exactly what they we said they were going to do after losing to New Orleans. You're, the schedule softened up. Brady has been. He, he, listen, he doesn't have the zing, and he threw a pick six today, but he's still very good at make throwing back shoulder throws. Gronk had a – he's not doing much, but he had a nice catch today. Mike Evans, he's, he's he knows how to find the football. So Brady's kind of figuring out, I think, what he's got around him. 
And they're sitting at three and one up top of their division. New Orleans doesn't look great. So, I, you know, you're, why take anything off the table with Tampa Bay right now? And they've got the Bears in Green Bay next, the Bears on the road, Green Bay at home, and they're playing them Thursday night. Uh, but it's certainly getting interesting in Tampa. It is. It is. I mean, you know, five TDs. And, and I, look, Brady, for part of that game, really did not. Jamie's log, progressive. The Harrington's backyard, day 27, 3.33 a.m. 3.33. All those threes mean something. Or I may be losing it. Been camped in the Harrington's backyard for 27 days now, proving that progressive has 24-7 protection. They told me every day they understand what 24-7 protection means. Think I'm finally getting through to them. 3.33. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Good. And then the second half just went crazy. Um, Brady's to the point in his career, if you give him a clean pocket and you have the, the throw going inside the numbers, he's still extremely effective. If you can muddy the pocket, get around his feet, get in his face, Forced the ball outside the numbers. Brady's very, very ineffective. But as a game wore on, the Buccaneers gave him more and more time. Brady found his reads. Look, they look good, man. Three and one. The defense is good. Uh, they, they don't give up any rushing yardage. They're gonna they're gonna pressure the quarterback with Todd Bowles, who brings a ton of pressure as their D coordinator. So the, the Bucs have to feel good. The division is not terrible. Carolina's two and two. The Saints saved their season with a win today in Detroit, as ugly as it was. Um you know, Atlanta's not good, but I think if you're Tampa, you got to feel like you're in the driver's seat. Now you get this game on Thursday against the Bears, who defensively will certainly cause problems, but can they score? I mean, I just I just can't feel like Foles is going to outduel Brady in this game. It's a, it's a very interesting night in Chicago with a quick turnaround to see if they can get their offense going. Uh, all right, let's let's look at what uh, happened today because the Bears were in the 325 slot because the Chiefs in New England got postponed. Uh, with Cam Newton testing positive. Right. Uh, so now uh, you got to fly the day of a game and they're playing Monday night football tomorrow, which I still think is crazy. We don't actually, I mean, I know they're doing all this testing, but who, who the hell knows what's really going on here. Uh, but so the Pats have to fly and play. People are wondering how unfair that is. Of course it is unfair, but this is 2020. Uh, do you first, do you agree in playing the game tomorrow night period? Um, I think it's a big risk because if you have a bunch of guys who are testing negative right now who come Wednesday test positive, right? you got a major problem on your hands. Whereas right now, it might be inconvenient, but you don't have a big problem on your hands right now. Um, that said, and maybe I'm naive in this, I am trusting that they know what they're doing. Now, <laughs> that may be very naive, Um but the reason I say that is they have been conferring with infectious disease experts on this all year long, every day. I would imagine that if they really thought there was a major potential for a cross-contamination outbreak here, they would not do this. But I'll say this, Newton has been the only guy to test positive on the Pats. The, the Jordan Tamo, the, the backup, the scout team quarterback for the Chiefs tested positive. They had no other tests that have come back positive. So if they continue to test negative, I understand why they'll play. I do understand it. Now, again, it is a risk, but I feel like everything in 2020 is some level of a risk, right? I mean, it feels like you walk out of your house to get milk. It's somewhat of a risk. So I'm a little surprised you're playing. I think it's extremely unfair for New England. Now, granted, again, I, we've said this in the podcast a million times, life's just not fair in 2020. That's just the way it is. 
The Pats are going to have to get on a plane, go out to Kansas City, play the Chiefs in Arrowhead with fans in the stands with Brian Hoyer instead of Cam Newton. I mean, if, if the Pats win that game, that is one hell of a job because th- that is about as much that could possibly go against you as there is. Uh, I, so this is a brutal spot for New England. You agree with picking Hoyer over Jared Stidham? Yeah, I do. Because, because I think Hoyer, he he's an NFL quarterback. He's a backup NFL quarterback, but he's an NFL quarterback. I don't even know that Jared Stidham could play in the NFL. I really think if they start Jared Stidham in this game and the Chiefs were just you know healthy throughout the game, no crazy thing happened, I think the Chiefs would beat them by 30 points. But with Hoyer, he'll he'll hit the short passes. He'll keep him on schedule. Now, he may throw a pick at some point. He might miss some passes he shouldn't. But, you know, I, I think he'll at least keep New England reasonably in the game, whereas I, I don't know that Stidham would do that. You know what I would do, Verderam, if I was the NFL? I would have this game played because you need you want to make the dough, but I would have I would have stand-ins for all the Patriots. Just get out there, wear those jerseys. Nobody will know it's not the stand that the offensive lineman. Let's just play the football game. You're gonna to lose to Kansas City anyway. Sure, Brian Hoyer, go ahead and quarterback the t- team because it doesn't matter if you go away uh and, and be done with it. Let's go, let's go, let's go stunt doubles and play the football game. What do you think? You don't think the Pats have any shot to win? It's Belichick. Mm-hmm. I don't. Do you? The Chiefs fan of me that has been scarred for all my life up until the Mahomes era says anything's possible, but no. Honestly, no. I I think the worst part for New England beyond all the COVID stuff is just without Cam there, I don't know that the passing game's crazy different. I you know, it'd still be a short passing game, timing game. But that option game, which has been so good for them, nobody cares if Brian Hoyer's running the option. Like he's handed off, so <laughs> makes it a lot harder to run. Yeah, I, I just don't see it. Uh, but they'll play it tomorrow night, six o'clock Central Time. Yep. So uh, we'll we'll talk about it on the on the Wednesday pod. Uh, let's move on to Houston, who's now zero and four, lost to Minnesota today at home, thirty-one uh, twenty-three. Slight valiant uh, comeback effort by by the Texans, but we're looking at you. Bill O'Brien, is is this the end, my friend? Uh, as now Houston's got the NFL's uh, worst run defense. They gave up 160 yards. The Texans are 0-4 for the first time since 2008. J.J. Watt is calling it terrible and brutal and depressing, and then it sucks, uh, which I think uh, we all understand those sentiments. Thoughts on the Texans and Bill O'Brien? I mean, anyone who's listened to this podcast knows what's coming. Uh Bill O'Brien has no business being the head coach of an NFL football team. And he sure as hell has no business being the GM of this team. He took this team, which a lot of people a couple years ago thought might be a Super Bowl team here in the near future, traded away DeAndre Hopkins, brought in David Johnson, who, by the way, David Johnson today, a robust 16 carries for 63 yards. Nada. They brought in Brandon Cooks, who was hurt all the time. Brandon Cooks today was targeted three times and did not have a catch. They brought in Randall Cobb for a three-year contract, who today had two catches for 36 yards. They signed Eric Murray, who has no business in the world being a starting player at safety in the NFL. He had three tackles today and a quarterback hit. Like, And then Tunzel, they paid a gajillion dollars to, $66 million, 58 guaranteed over three years, and gave up their first and second round picks for this year, by the way, to get Tunzel. So as much as they suck... They don't even have a pick until the third round in the draft. I, I, I don't understand how the McNair family, who owns Houston, or owns the Texans, I should say, 
How does the McNair family not look at this and go, you know what? Get out. Get out. Get out now, please. We will move on. He signs with 2022. Let him coach the end of the season. Eat the money on the back end. My God, you're on an NFL team. You got more than enough money to do it. And go get a real head coach. Because anybody would love to go coach there. It's Texas. You got no income tax. You got Deshaun Watson on the team. Like, you got you got a chance to be really good if you can figure out the roster. But you're not going to do it with O'Brien. I don't think they'll fire him in the middle of the year. But God almighty, move on. He is horrendous. And I think that was shown today against an 0-3 Vikings team that they were barely even in the game with for 55 minutes of it. I do appreciate loyalty in life, Matt Verderama. Just just put that out there. And the Texans, you know, that organization has shown more loyalty to, to Bill O'Brien than than maybe any organization in all of sports. I mean, the Texan fans are 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 mute are in a mutiny right now. That's not good for your head coach. So eventually you you don't survive this. It's it's going to end for Bill O'Brien and and they're gonna do uh something different in Houston. But too little, too late, man. DeAndre Hopkins should still be in the Texans yep. uniform. I mean, they've, they've, he's done a lot of damage. So even bringing in a new coach, which of course is the right thing, and GM is the right thing to do, it, you've, you've really cost yourself here. And, and now, you, I mean, who knows how long before, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson is able to stay healthy here. It's, it's on the table with him, with any quarterback. So time's a tick and time's a waste. And, Let's go, Houston. And you've you've got the talent to turn it around, but you're 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 down the road now. It's just kind of it's it's kind of annoying actually because you have one of the great talents in football and it's being wasted. Uh, all right, let's do let's go back to the NFC and and uh, well actually both. Let's just go back to New York. Consider New York the NFC, even though it's it hosts the Jets too. Uh, the Jets or the Giants is the question here in our into the future category. Who will finish with a worse record? The football Giants, who are sitting at 0-4, or the football Jets, who are also 0-4 after losing Thursday night to the Broncos. What smells worse, those two teams or the Turnpike? <laughs> okay, now, I, I'm from New York, but everybody in my, my family from Jersey spent plenty of time in, in, the, in the great state of New Jersey. I'll say the teams, and believe me, if you've ever been to the Turnpike, you roll up the windows and try to seal the, the car off. Um I think the Jets are going to have the worst record, and here's why. Yeah, I think they're the worst team. They played each other. I think the Jets would lose. But also because uh, they play the AFC West, and they play the NFC West. Now, the, the Giants play the NFC West as well, but they also play the East. Um, and the Jets have a third-place schedule uh, that that is not exactly the easiest schedule in the world. That means the Colts they already lost to, and it means Cleveland, who they're going to lose to. Uh, they are not going to be Anybody in the NFC West, obviously, already lost San Francisco at home. Uh, and I would be stunned if they beat anybody in the AFC West, considering they already lost to the chart. Excuse me, they already lost to the Broncos at home. I'm not a big like, oh, they're going to go on 16 guy. They might go on 16. I was watching them play Denver, and really, for the first time in a very long time, thought to myself, like, this team, they're going to challenge it. I don't know if they're going to do it. I mean, only four games into the year, but they're going to really challenge. Not winning a game. And I well, think the Giants, while they're bad, I think they'll win like two or three games. Yeah, I, I'm with you. The Jets are not going to be favored in a game all year. That's for sure. No. Um, nope. And Arizona, though, I listen, they're, they're reeling. I don't think they're going to I don't think they're going to beat the Cardinals, but uh, we got some trouble in paradise over there last couple of weeks. 
Uh, so that's next week for the Jets. But other than that, like, I don't know, you play the Dolphins back-to-back and around a bye week. Can off of off of losing to Miami on the road, can you get yourself right. together in a bye week and beat the Dolphins at home? Like, that to me looks like their best chance of getting a W. I agree. Um, so, I mean, I, and, and the Giants, I, 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 I do think that – the Giants are interesting, though. You're, you're, you're talking about no Saquon. I, I, but I, at the end of the day, I think they get a couple. I would They agree. also have that division. The, right. The division's right. so bad, man. Like yeah. he, he, They'll probably win like two of those games. Yeah. yeah. And that'll be enough, I think. Uh, all right, let's go to who's the second best team in the AFC is the question here. And, I mean, everybody thinks it's Baltimore, but you're putting down here that Buffalo has an argument. The Bills just did it again this week. The Bills are I, – I, I don't even think there's a debate now that Buffalo is for real. Uh, are they the second best team in the AFC? You want to make that argument? I, I'm going to go with the Ravens, but I think the Bills are moving at least into the conversation. And the Steelers, I think, also are, although they, they obviously didn't play this week, so it kind of put them aside for a second. Baltimore did what it had to do this week. Went to Washington, handled business. Game wasn't close. Wasn't overly impressive. I will say with Baltimore, and you know, you've heard me say this a lot on this podcast. This isn't some Johnny Come Lately opinion. They, they have got to get more out of Jackson throwing the football. They have to get more out of him throwing the ball. Did nothing against the Chiefs this week. 193 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Now he averages nine yards in attempt. He only threw the ball 21 times, but like they got it. That's fine against Washington. That is just not going to do it against better teams. It's not. Um, that is a concern I do have. That said, I still think they're the second best team because I think if they played the Bills on a, on a neutral site, I think that the Ravens would win the game. Um, but Buffalo's right there, man. Like Allen's played really well. He's still, I'm not going to lie, he still does stuff that scares the hell out of me every week, whether it's some ridiculous sack that he takes or he throws the ball up for grabs when he's halfway to the ground. Like, I just can't stop. And, and maybe this is my hang-up, and I'll, I'll be the first to admit that. But every time he does that crap, I just think to myself, when you play a really good team, you're not getting away with that. You're going to pay for those ridiculous mistakes. But the defense hasn't been that good this year, and I think it's going to be much better. Diggs has been awesome. I love the coaching staff. And Allen, as much as I just had my I have my grievances with him, he's played much better this year. So I think they're right in the conversation. But yes, I still do believe that it's Chiefs, Ravens, and then Bills. Yeah, you, you hit the, the nail on the head where I'm going with Buffalo. The defense is a little bit too inconsistent for me. Uh, they were... I mean, early today, they looked terrible and then got it together and got some turnovers late in the game, which helped and uh, had enough. But listen, you're not you, you need as good as Josh Allen's been. You, you need a dominant defense to to elevate yourself to number two, at least in my mind, in the AFC. And the Bills just don't have that. Um, so I'm still sticking with Baltimore. But let me just tell you one story. But I think you might enjoy this on a, on a on a Buffalo fan who I reached out to today. This, this gentleman was begging to be an intern in radio back in the day. And he, was, he lived in Buffalo. He wanted to come to Chicago to be an intern. And I said, you know, the internship doesn't pay. We rarely hire after the internship. This is not a good idea. But he had the determination. He said, look, I just want to come and visit. I just want to, go, I just want to uh, meet you and, and explain to you why I want to do it. So he drove from Buffalo to come to Chicago Paid for, uh, and this was not a rich guy, but paid for an apartment, intern in the summertime, and he was the biggest Buffalo's Bills fan that I've ever met on the planet. He had on his flip phone the Bills. 
Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Make You Want to Shout theme song. Have you ever heard this song? Yes. <laughs> so, in honor of Matt Timon tonight, I just on stacking the box, I just want to say congratulations to the 4-0 Bills. I don't have you number two. But I'm I'm thinking about you tonight, and this is a it's a new it's a great time to be a Buffalo Bills fan right now. This is I think they have crossed over here, Verderam, and are, are set up for some beautiful success here in 2020 and beyond. And that's a congratulations to Buffalo. And I know that you have a special place in your heart for Buffalo. Always have. <laughs> All right, we go to we go to Arizona, and we go to Kyler Murray. And the question is, is there an elite quarterback in the making here? Arizona's had a couple tough losses here, and he is uh, unique. There's a word when you watch him, uh, all five feet, six inches of him. But you're you're putting on the table that uh, we got an elite quarterback. He was 24-31 with three touchdowns, uh, did not throw a pick. Quarterback rating of 116.7. The man is the man is a force, Matt, for a ram. Yeah, except that for today he threw 133 yards. He threw for 4.3 yards in attempt. And last week, he threw three picks in a game they barely lost. I like Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's got to be better. And you know what? In the past, you'd say, well, it's a second year. I don't care. I don't, I don't care. The NFL is so set up for you to come in now and be good right away as quarterback. Like, I, Just spare me the whole, well, he's young and he's just, who, so what? I mean, big deal. Justin Herbert's young. He looks great. Uh, you know, Joe Burrow has you and me as his tackles and looks fine. Like, Murray's got to be better. And I think Murray is going to be a very, very good quarterback in the NFL. Right now, I think he's above average. But these last two weeks, look, if they're going to be good, he's got to be better. And three picks against the Lions isn't cutting the mustard. And God knows 133 yards against Carolina is not doing it either. Like, you need to be better. And it wasn't like he was under constant direction. He sacked once. He was sacked one time. Carolina is one of the lowest pressure rates in the NFL coming into this game. So he was hit three times in this game, all three times by Brian Burns. It was it. To three times. Like I, I, I need more than that. So yeah, I think he's an elite. I think he has a potential to be elite. But right now, like I've been big on the Cardinals. I've I've sung their praises since the summer. And I don't think they're you know necessarily dead in the water, but like you can't lose to the Lions and the Panthers. One of those games, you're young to okay. No, no, no. You can't, can't do this. He, he doesn't play well against the Jets next, next week. The alarm bells are going to be going off. All right. I'm going to defer to the Wednesday podcast, and I'm going to a deep, do a deep dive on Kyler Murray, and I will come back with my take on whether I think he's going to be elite. Can, will you accept that on this Sunday night, Vertoram? Not thrilled about it, but I will. Uh, I, I'm going to have to go into a deep dive here and, and to really see what's going on. Whenever I'm watching highlights of Kyler Murray, I think nobody – is that fast and that and, and elusive? I mean, he, it's hardest to get control of the dude, and then he can put it on you as well. Um, but I'm not saying that anything you just said is wrong either. So I'm going to do my deep dive and and uh, but 
I'm, I'm tending to lean with you right now that elite is a little too tall, but I do think it's on the table for him. I haven't seen anything when I have been watching that I wouldn't, that I, that I don't think it's impossible for him to get there. Uh, but we'll, but I'll, I'll get back to you with a deeper dive on Murray on Wednesday. Okay, fair enough. I, I look forward to hearing what you have when you get back. I, 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 I love the, the, the pause there. The, 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 but I, you know, this is the, there's the integrity of stacking the box, and I don't want to I don't want to say yes when I don't really know. Um, okay. What I what I've seen, I've been super impressed. But you just you just went uh, you went a little further than I'm willing to to, to debate you tonight. Uh, all right, let's go do it in, in or out. Kyle Shanahan deserves Coach of the Year consideration. I think you're putting this on the rundown program because you think he does. Are you in or out on that? No, I. I am in because even though they're two and two, Micah, they have nobody on that team left. And they just continue to be in these games. Look, I would have really been on it if they had beaten the Eagles, which they didn't. And I know they've beaten the Jets and the Giants. I understand all that. But, man, I mean, I'm not saying you should win Coach of the Year based off these two. Like, don't get me wrong. There's a difference between winning it and having consideration. Shanahan's done a hell of a job, man. I mean, they, they have nobody Kittle just came back. Samuel just came back. They're playing Nick Mullins, who's not good. Uh, defensively, they're missing everybody in the world on that team. And they're 2-2 two and two after four games. Like Again, I get it. The Jets and the Giants suck the high heaven. That's who they beat. They did beat the hell out of all teams. But, I, you know, I, I guess the point I wanted to make on this topic is I think Shanahan's doing a heck of a job. Really is. They have no discernible health at all on either side of the ball. And to be 2-2, two and two, despite you know how easy it may be the teams where they beat, whatever, I'm impressed. I am. I, I, I don't think he'd win coach of the year by any stretch right now, but I do think the consideration, yeah. I think at the end of the year, people will say, man, he really did a nice job with what he had to work with. Well, he's getting everything he possibly can out of Jarek McKinnon, which nobody was uh, tracking uh, that to, you know, that he was going to be running the football and catching the football as much this year. He's using two quarterbacks in, in Mullins and Beathard, and they both are uh, not going to be starting for anybody, obviously, in the NFL. So no. I, your point, I, I like that you put this on here because it, we, we focus too much a lot of the time on the top of the mountain when really there's a lot of great jobs being done in the middle or even towards the bottom. Like it makes me think of Brian Flores last year who could have easily yes. been the coach of the year with the Dolphins. So maybe, you know, whatever, 2020 Kyle Shanahan is that version. I don't know. Uh, but I also would point out that he'd be a better candidate if they had beaten the Eagles who yes. I don't think. <laughs> yes, he would have been. That 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 and that was on that was just certainly an opportunity for the 49ers. I think they got to be disappointed uh, on what happened big time uh, on Sunday nights. I'm out uh, at the end of the day, but I like that you put it out there. All right, let's do the Browns. Will they make the playoffs this season? In or out? The the upstart three and one Cleveland Browns. I'm out by the slimmest of margins. Wow! Uh, God, I really want to be in, and I might be in a few weeks. We'll see, but. I thought about the AFC, and here are my teams right now. If I had to pick seven teams, I think I'll get in. Okay, Kansas City, Baltimore and Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Indianapolis, and that leaves me with two other spots. And for me, it's between Tennessee, Cleveland, and New England. I like yeah, Tennessee's 3-0. and Now, COVID might uh, put a wrench in this whole thing with Tennessee, but I like the Titans. I think they play in a weaker division. 
So I, I will take the Titans because they, they still have three games left with Houston and Jacksonville. I think they're going to all of them. And I'm taking New England because they're going to beat the hell out of the Dolphins and the Jets three more times. Uh, you know, they, they just they find ways to win. So I like now the only thing I'll say, Cleveland also does play the NFC East. Now they've already played two of those games against the NFC East. So it does mitigate the advantage a little bit. But um I will take New England. I think Cleveland right now checks in at a very strong eighth. And and by the way, would not be shocking at all if they made the playoffs. But I'm out because of a numbers game. Things to like about the Browns, one thing, they already played Baltimore and have that loss in their three and one. So yes. that's that that's that's a win. Uh, schedule gets a little tough the next two weeks. Indy and Pittsburgh. Can you split those two games? Right. That 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 would be the question. Uh, and do you not stumble against Cincinnati on the road, who you barely beat at home? By the way, I don't know how much that matters in 2020. Like I, I think you know, like the Browns aren't exactly dominant. I, I'm out on this one too, just for the sheer fact that. Uh, you know, it, it's not like they're winning because of Baker. So they haven't, they have not figured out their quarterback situation to the level that I would have to be comfortable in saying they're in uh, with the amount of talent that's going on in the AFC right now. But COVID's a huge thing, by the way. And what's going to happen to the Tennessee Titans? I mean, that thing is spreading. We're up to 18 now. 20. Uh, 20. Okay. So uh, 10 players, 10 staff. Yeah. So, uh, what does that look like coming back? All of it. It's it, there's there's a lot of and and by the way, what other teams are going to be in fact impacted? What's going to happen with the Patriots? Uh, so it's it's obviously very 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 early in the season. We played a quarter of it, but at the end of the day, with the Browns, I'm still out. Uh, Minnesota will make a real run at the postseason. The one and three Vikings getting a win today, uh, which was I guess. Somewhat surprising, beating Houston at thirty-one twenty-three. I'm out on this, but you're 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 fighting for the Vikings, sir, Verdram. Why why so? I'm not. I'm also out, but I, I put it on there because I do think they have real talent on the team. They do. I mean, they have guys on this team that are talented, and the NFC maybe not as strong as we thought, right? Like the East sucks. The West, okay, you got Seattle. The Rams barely beat the Giants. And the Cardinals are, are falling off here pretty quickly. The Niners are a mess. Even though they're 2-2, two two, but they've got all kinds of injuries. The NFC South, I mean, even let's say two teams get in, right? If you got two from there and two from the West and one from the East, now all of a sudden you got two in the, in the North. Okay, the Packers and then maybe the Bears. Okay, maybe the Vikings. I got, I'm out because I just don't trust them to go on a big streak here because I don't trust Cousins to do that. And the defense still leaves a lot to be desired. But I would say keep an eye on the Vikings. Like that's a win that saves the season. Now, they, they do go to Seattle for Sunday Night Football this week, and I, I just don't see them winning that game. But I, I do think Minnesota's got the talent to at least make it interesting if they get on a little bit of a roll. I mean, you look at what's happening right now with Minnesota. Okay, you lost to Green Bay, and uh, Rodgers played phenomenal. Indianapolis, uh, I, I'm after watching the Colts today, I'm more impressed than I thought I was. So that loss doesn't look as bad. They had a very tight loss to Tennessee. Um, uh, you know, did, <laughs> can you beat the Bears twice? Really? That's right. what it comes down. Right. That's really, really what it comes down to. Uh, and, and, and that's, <laughs> I'm not ruling that On out. On the table. Yeah, for, ab- absolutely. Uh, so, but I, 
Okay, I guess I'm still out. All right, let's do the NFL. We'll add week 18 for COVID makeup games in or out. I'm in on this, and I think it's going to be week 18 and week 19 the way things are going right now. Maybe even week 20. I don't know. This, this they're going to have to get they're going to have to get creative at some point here, because uh, you're unless they're going to go middle of the year create a bubble. Uh, I, I the way I see people handling their business right now, I'm 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 picking up dinner the other night. The, the whole city is out is, is is they're all sitting there without masks, having having food. I don't think people are taking there. There's a transition going into the wintertime that I that I think people are missing. I think the NFL is going to have a lot of problems coming up here. I don't know how you know that'll play out. I do think the NFL is a little bit different in the sense a lot of these guys, I'm sure, pretty much go to the facility and go home uh, when millions of dollars are at stake. People tend to listen a little more. Um but I do think I am in on this. I do think they're going to have to add a week at the end of the year. I do. Um, I, I think that because right now, look, they got really lucky this week. Tennessee and Pittsburgh, they could reschedule that game. And with the Chiefs and Pats, apparently that game's going to go off Monday night. So they were very fortunate. But what happens if that happens in week 13? Then what? There's no rescheduling that game. Like, not now that another week, there's not. So, I have to think that they will do something here. They add, I could even see them doing something where they say, you know what? We're going to move the last three weeks. We're going to turn weeks 15, 16, and 17 into 16, 17, and 18. And we're going to play some games in week 15 or so. You know, the, And then that way, every team still has to play that last week into the year. So, there's still a competitive balance going to the playoffs. I could see them doing something like that. And everybody just kind of gets a buy, you know, right around the middle of December, early part of December. Um, I can see that happening, for sure. I think they're going to have to do something. I do. Unless unless they're just willing, as the year goes on, if there's a handful of teams to play 15 games, to just say, that's what you're doing. You're playing 15 games. I, I don't know if they would do that. <laughs> so I'm in on the 18-week idea because I don't think they're going to be willing to just give games up unless you have a situation where the game means absolutely nothing in the standings. Then I could see them just saying, "Look, you know what? We're not going to go crazy to do, you know play the Giants and, and Washington. We don't care." Then maybe, but if the game matters at all, there's any impact, they got to play it. Yep, yep. And there's also the money factor, which is always going to be enormous. Uh, all right, Matt Verma, let's wrap it up here as we move into week five. Anything special you want to get out here? And by the way, thank you so much for listening. Like, subscribe, give a rating. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much. And what's your, what's the wrap up for Verde Ram going into week five? I will be a human tension convention tomorrow or Monday. So if you're listening on Monday, then today. My beloved Oakland A's are playing at four o'clock Eastern time in game one of the ALDS against Houston. We all know at this point that the Astros are nothing more than a bunch of cheating frauds. Um, the A's can't beat them enough. And so uh, I'm really, really hoping that the, that Oakland handles business. I will be very, very into that game. And then the second it ends, or at least in theory, at about 6 o'clock Central, the Chiefs and the Pats play. So I will be basically glued to my recliner in my office uh, watching those games. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. 
Use promo code RADIO and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100, get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. As my daughter is, I'm sure, yelling at me to, to you know, be a father and play with her and my, my wife's yelling at me to, you know, to, to help pick up around the house and I got to be honest, I always try to be a really good dad and a really good husband. I'm going to be useless on Monday. So, uh, sorry, Steph. Sorry, Maisie. Uh, I'll, I'll make it up to you both. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, the A's and the Chiefs will have my heart and my eyes on Monday afternoon and evening. Well, well good luck to Oakland, uh, who eliminated uh, the, the White Sox, and that was painful on so many levels. I think the White Sox were the better team, uh, but the A's got it done, and that's the way it is. So, I'm still getting over it. And the Cubs were miserable as well. That was brutal. So I'll end my sorry end of the of going into week five baseball owed to the Cub and Sox 2020 that I'm quickly trying to forget. All the White Sox in 2021 are going to be a, a force for the Rams. Remember that. I got to tell you, they were very impressive. I don't know that I agree with you. They're the better team. A lot of I'm biased. Um because I think if you're the better team, you have a better third starter than Dane Dunning, who went two thirds of an inning. But I got to hand it to him, man. Like they they can hit. Like I I really I don't really watch a lot of the White Sox just because the way the schedule was this year. There was really no reason to. But man, I mean, they're trotting out guys like Adam Engel. Like like going into the series, I was like, who the hell is Adam Engel? Couldn't get him out. Tim Anderson, I know, of course, I know he's a very good player, but my God, he hit like 700 in the series. The only saving grace for the A's in that series was Jose Abreu in a lot of big spots. They were able to get him out. Yep. That was yep, it. I mean, that really was the, the difference in the series. That and I thought Renteria walking Chad Pinder was one of the dumbest things I've ever seen in my life. Like, made no, they, zero sense. I don't care what his explanation was. Like, as someone who has watched the entirety of Chad Pinder's career, let me just say, what? Like, how in God's name do you walk Chad Pinder there? But anyway, people are now tuning us out. They don't care. Um, but yeah, that was my take on that series. Thanks for listening. Week four before Monday night is in the books. We will see you on Wednesday. This podcast is brought to you by Fansided. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. Jamie's log. Progressive. The Harrington's backyard. Day 27. 3.33 a.m. 3.33. All those threes mean something. Or I may be losing it. Been camped in the Harrington's backyard for 27 days now, proving the Progressive has 24-7 protection. They told me every day they understand what 24-7 protection means. Think I'm finally getting through to them. 3.33. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection. Just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.